Welcome to Pomerado Christian Church. My name is Dan. I am the youth pastor here, and it is my privilege and honor to be with you guys here this morning. JP's on vacation, and so I will be giving today's message in what we hope to be our last pre-recorded service. As we anxiously anticipate regathering outside here on the 23rd. And so before we dive into anything quite yet, I wanted to say a, a couple things to you guys. I wanted to say a couple things to Pomerado Christian Church. I wanted to say, first off, welcome. And if you are new today, we are very, very grateful to have you join us. And secondly, I would like to say a big thank you. A big thank you for the support, the love, the generosity, and the, and the moving forward and togetherness in this season. It's been a wild ride for a lot of us. It's been difficult for a lot of us in different ways. But through this whole time, you have consistently been tuning in in a difficult season. Your giving has continued, not just giving, but giving generously so that the good news of Jesus can still be made known over these live, live stream services through the students and through the children's ministry. And so I just wanted to say one big thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to come alongside us in this together. And secondly, or thirdly, I would like you to just give you guys a big old slow clap as I like to do around here with the students or the staff. I like to just start the slow clap and we get more and more excited because you guys have been running this difficult race. We've been running it together. And not that we're done yet, as Paul would say, not that we have arrived yet, but we continue to run and you guys have been faithfully running, faithfully serving each other and the incredible God that we serve. And so whether it's a pat on your back or a slow clap in your living room, wherever you are today, I just encourage you, and I wanted to encourage you, this is what I've been doing with the students for the last couple of weeks, way to go. You've been running, you've been doing it, it's been difficult, we've been trying to figure it out together, but you keep on taking on your faith and running with us. And so for that, I commend you for being faithful in this hard season. So with all that being said, like I alluded to earlier, hopefully this is our last Sunday where we've had a pre-recorded service. And the following weeks from here on out, we will have in-person meetings, 6.30 p.m. starting August 23rd. That's an interesting time. It's going to be a little cooler. So make sure to bring your own chairs and to, to, to bring some warm clothing or a blanket. But hopefully next Sunday will be our first of many in-person gatherings. And if you're still wanting to tune in online, we will record these services and have them online ready for you to go Sunday morning as well. And so wherever you are and however you would like to continue joining us in this process and worshiping together, we will have a couple different options. And so with that being said, you guys, we have a new series today. We're kicking off today. And it is the Anthem of Hope. And this is such a timely series, I think, for all of us. Because we are at our, maybe getting close to our wits' ends. Parents, you guys have found out in the last couple of weeks that there is no, there's going to be no in-person school now. 
And so all of our lives, in some capacity, we've been looking for, we need some hope, we need some good news, we need a break, we need a little win here or there. And so I think this series of the Anthem of Hope is a very timely one. And not just hope, because I think hope is really important, and we're ultimately going to be talking about hope today, but the Anthem of Hope, that as believers that we have this hope, but it's not just a song of hope. It's not just a a phrase of hope. No, this is something that covers everything that we do. It's our anthem should be shouted from the rooftops. The very core of who we are should reflect in this hope. And so pray with me as we engage God's word together this morning. God, thank you so much for each one of us who are tuning in from wherever we are at. Thank you for the technology that allows us to Meet in this way. God, thank you for the decisions that have gone into place so that hopefully by this time next or about next week, we would have met in person. And we'll learn and we'll adjust, God. But I pray that you would go before us, go before us today. Prepare our hearts for what you have for us today. Help us to not get too caught up with other things we have going on in our schedules, other things that we have on our to-do lists. God, I pray that you would convict us to the core. You would work in our hearts and souls, God, that your words would come out of this, not my own. That you would be glorified through all these things. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in 1 Peter today. 1 Peter chapter 1. Go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles with you. And so go ahead. This will be a great time. Grab your Bibles, grab your uh, notepads, grab your pens, whatever you do. Whatever is your Sunday morning routine, I encourage you to have all those things ready. We'll be in 1 Peter chapter 1 today. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you don't know where 1 Peter is, it's towards the end of your Bible, almost all the way to the end. Um, And the table of contents at the very beginning can help you navigate that. If you're on the Bible app, again, it's towards the end of the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 1. So go ahead and turn there, and I would just like to, before we dive into some, some content here today, I wanted to just quick say that this idea of hope is very near and dear to my heart. It's been something that I've forced to cling, cling on to with every strand of my being over the last year and a half. And then I may struggle through to certain points today, but it will be a good struggle. And I, my hope and my prayer is that we can struggle through this idea of hope and this tough season together. And so with that being said, let's dive into 1 Peter. Let's prepare our hearts for what God has for us. Because at the very core of who we are, we need hope. And I can, this, this comes out very easily for, for, any, for any one of us because this idea of hope, we all hope coronavirus just goes away. We all hope it would just disappear like that tomorrow. Now, that may not be the case, but we're hopeful for these things. We're hopeful to regather, to see each other in person again, to go out to our favorite restaurants, all these things. Hope is very real, and it's a necessity for us and for those around us. And so this idea of anthem of hope is a very timely one, and we're going to dive in. Today's sermon title is Sobriety Test. And now this is going to be sound really confusing, and you're like, all right, Dan, how are we going to connect sobri- a sobriety test with hope? I'll do that for you in just a minute. But today's, today's title is Sobriety Test. 
And I know that'll be kind of interesting sounding now, but we will get there. And so we are in 1 Peter chapter 1. A little bit of background for 1 Peter. This was no, uh, no doubt written by the Apostle Peter that knew and loved Jesus so much so that he was the person that said he would never deny Jesus, but then ended up doing that. He was the one that struck the ear off of uh, the priest's servant, and he was the one that Jesus ultimately said, hey, take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. A lot of times he's referred as Peter the Zealot. He was so zealous for what he believed to his core that he would do anything for it. And so the, the Apostle Peter has now been forced to navigate his newfound faith in Jesus without Jesus being present. And so this is written to Christians. It says in verse chapter 1, it says, uh, or uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, which would be this area up here on the map. So we're, again, he's writing to Christians in this area. So the church, this is Jerusalem down here. It is now spread. It is spread. The, the lines here actually are, are Paul's missionary journeys. And so it's spread all the way over here and all the way even over to Rome into Italy. But this particular book is written to Christians up in this area. Similar timeline as Paul's epistles. And we don't know exactly where he wrote this from. There was speculation for all these different areas, and I can kind of clu concluded with what we're going to be talking about today. Honestly, it doesn't play much of a factor. What's important to know is that he's writing to Christians that are in this church development up in this northern area north of Jerusalem. And so that's a little bit of background, and, and, and before we dive into our actual passage, I wanted to define hope first. We need to define hope. If it's the anthem of hope, if this is our series, and we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1 today, if this is going to be our stuff, we need to I know and identify what hope is. Hope. A feeling of expectation, and a desire for a certain thing to happen. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Now, each one of us have different levels of hope or different avenues of hope. Like I just said, we're all very hopeful for COVID to just end. We never have to deal with a mask again, that we wouldn't have to worry about anyone getting sick or any of these crazy things. However, in this season of suffering and difficulty, hope, is, hope can be very hard to come by. And so hope, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. That is where we are going to base today in the next couple weeks off of this idea of hope, of expectation, of excitement for what's coming in the future. And so read with me, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 is where we are camping today. Verse 13. I've got it on the screen if you don't have your Bibles in front of you. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Therefore, 
with minds that are alert and fully sober. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We're going to be camping here today, guys, but before we get too far into 1 Peter, it starts with the word therefore, which points us back to the previous three verses. The previous three verses, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 to 12. And so the context of this hope and being alert and fully sober, we need to look back and read the previous couple verses. And this is what those verses read, verses 10 through 12. Um, again, just the verses leading up to verse 13. It says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances in which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels look to these things. What is this saying? This is saying that all of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Obadiah, all these people, that they were, they were, they were calling out this idea of salvation, that God was going to redeem and save his people. In Isaiah, there's this picture of the suffering servant, the suffering savior that would be Jesus. Now these people, they, they, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, they could have gone, okay, where is this person? Where is this person? No, they realized what God was speaking to them was something that was coming in the future. They're putting their hope in something that is to come. And so rather than being bogged down with trying to figure out exactly where this fit in in their immediate present, which is where we are, we are in the present, Peter is identifying that the Old Testament prophets and even angels what they communicated was pointing towards a future hope. So because of this salvation, and this leads us to our first point, hope looks to the future to encourage those in the present. We are in the present. Peter, when he wrote this, was in the present. The prophets in the Old Testament, when they were being communicated to, they are in the present. And here's the thing about the gospel and the good news of the gospel. The gospel provides hope that looks to the future, knowing that our present circumstances may not be great. You guys, I don't need to go over present circumstances with you. I have my own present circumstances that have been very difficult over the last year and a half. You guys have had your own unique, maybe something has happened to you. Maybe it's um, being um, a mom and a dad in the midst of COVID without going to school. Um, maybe it's all these different things. Maybe horrible things have happened to you. Maybe bad decisions were made. Whatever it is, we are stuck in the present, and the present can be very difficult. But hope looks to the future to encourage those in the present, just like these Old Testament prophets had a picture. The Spirit gave them a picture. Even it says, I think this is amazing, you guys, at the end of verse 12, even angels long to look at these things. Even angels long to see God's plan of salvation worked out. The Old Testament prophets, the angels, and now Peter, and now 
us, Pomerado Christian Church in the year 2020 in Poway, California. We now have this same gospel being communicated to us. And hope looks to the future to encourage those in the present, you guys. We have a hope that is coming in the future. And again, this is, this is written to Christians. And so if you're joining us today and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to hear this. This is being addressed to you. Now, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's okay. I ask that you patiently and humbly tune in and maybe God would speak to you today. Maybe God, for the first time in your life, in the, in the midst of hopelessness, that there would be a sense of hope today. Hope looks to the future to encourage those in the present. So now we get to our first Peter 1 Peter 1.13. Now we're finally to our verse. We've got some context. We've got the verses leading up to it. And this idea that these Old Testament prophets were looking forward to this hope that Jesus provided. Therefore, since we know this, since we know this good news, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope, what's our hope again? The feeling of expectation and desire for certain things to happen. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So the hope here is very clear. It's to be brought to us when Jesus Christ is revealed at his future coming. So that has not happened yet. The hope has not totally happened yet. But what do we do in the present with minds that are alert and fully sober? And this is where we get our sobriety test. This is where we have to camp because this is where we are in the present. This word sober that Peter uses is a unique one. You don't see it in many places. And I think this is so unique and timely because in a world where we've, we've literally created laws that help people navigate a sober life. Take that away from Scripture for a moment. It is illegal to drink and drive. Why is that? Because if you have a couple drinks and then you hop in a car, your judgment is impaired. Your ability to make decisions and think clearly and fast are now impaired. It is now slower and not as accurate. And so we have laws recognizing that if you are driving under the influence or operating under the influence, that your ability to make decisions is impaired. So when Peter uses this term being alert and fully sober, it's this idea that, hey, if you're drinking wine and you're drinking alcohol, just like your ability to make decisions is now at stake, Christians, our ability to find hope in this season is directly related to what we are putting into ourselves. Guys, are we drinking the influence of the world? I don't have to look very far to see Social media post after social media post, conversation after conversation, comment after comment, that is in regards to everything that is going on around us. And I have seen, to be quite honest with you, I have seen very few Christians actually engage with the hope that we find in Jesus Christ with those who are around us. 
And what I've seen a lot of, and I'm, I'm myself guilty of this, of course, but I get so caught up in the moment and we take in and we drink in this influence of the world and that impairs our judgment to read scripture clearly and to communicate that hope to the world. Are you drinking the influence of the world? Are we being alert and sober-minded in our thinking? Because I'm going to hear, I'm here, and I would, I would, I would claim, you guys, that we, you, you and we, me, we will not be able to find and hold on to this hope if we are taking in and drinking all that the world has to offer. If we are getting too caught up in the conversations out there and not centralizing our conversations and thoughts around Jesus and his word, no wonder we don't find hope. No wonder we're getting depressed. No wonder we're not being uh, very good uh, representatives of the gospel to the world. Because as soon as we get away from this, we start tanking in and we start drinking the, the, the lies and the deceit, you guys, that, that Scripture is so clear that God's kingdom is not of this world, that Jesus' government is not of this world, then why do we ourselves get so caught up with um, maybe societal issues or, or policies or, or the, way people, the, the, the way people act around us? Guys, we get so caught up in the world going on around us that we disengage with the very words that God has given us. And as soon as we disengage, we disengage from the hope that it has to offer. Guys, the world is screaming for good news right now. The world is asking for any form of hope. Because whether they believe in Jesus or not, this has been a very weird, strange, difficult last year for all of us. And the world is asking for hope. And we, as followers of Jesus, we can choose to point them in one direction. But if we ourselves are too busy taking in all of this, dare I say, just like a, a person who's about to drive home has a couple drinks, they're putting themselves and others at risk of being hurt or endangered Christians. Pomerado Christian Church, if we are too busy taking in the things of this world, could we be putting ourselves and those around us at risk of not experiencing that hope? This is our ultimate sobriety test. Do you find hope? Do you have hope? And if you do, where is that hope found? Now, if you don't have hope, if you don't follow Jesus and you don't have any sort of assurance of hope, well, guess what? This is, this is what the Bible is all about. That when Jesus came here, and he's our ultimate example, you guys, and I'm going to get to this in just a minute, but he's our ultimate example of giving up something in the present to hold on to a hope in the future. 
That God promises the restoration of all things, that there'll be no more suffering and no more pain. That, guys, that, that is a very good and real hope, but we may not experience it. The Old, the Old Testament prophets didn't experience that. Um, First Peter and the Christians, these early church Christians, they didn't experience all of that hope. They hold on to it. We now, we don't necessarily get to experience all that hope, and yet you and I, we can choose. And, and a lot of you guys know a little bit of my story, what I've been through this last year and a half. Guys, we have no choice but to hold on to the hope that the Bible offers up because this world is only going to experience pain and difficulty and suffering. And there'll be good things that happen, of course. But what happens when the difficult comes? We need hope. What happens when we're quarantined in our homes for months on end and we have no, we have no idea what the future holds? We need hope. But if you're thinking that hope is going to come from something in this world or people in this world, you guys, we're drinking what the world has to offer rather than filling ourselves with what the Bible has. So, therefore, with, your, with minds that are fully alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you. And now when, when this happened, you guys, when, when this brought in the word hope, I thought of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Maybe one of the most overquoted uh, passages in Scripture, especially at weddings. But this brings in three items. It brings in love and faith in the same conversation as hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this. It says, um, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now these three remain, Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Could all of these be connected? And I'm going to make the argument as my final, this is kind of my point for the day, so I'll leave it up here for a while so you guys can write this down if you need to, whatever it is. Faith is the, I'm sorry, hope is the good news we eagerly anticipate. This is what's coming. The good news of the gospel, yes, Jesus died for our sins, he's forgiven us. Yes, this is all good news. We can hold on to that and believe that. But our ultimate hope isn't just in the now and the present. It's that God is going to restore and make all things new in the future. Hope is the good news we eagerly anticipate. Faith is the way in which we are able to get there. And love is how we invite others to experience this same hope. Hope is this good news that we are anticipating, that we can look to the Bible. If you believe in Jesus, we hold to it. We hold to his teachings. We hold to this good news. We hold to the same good news that Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Peter hold on to. This good news that, that Jesus has provided for us. It doesn't matter what we may experience in the present. It doesn't matter what your life may have looked like. It doesn't matter what decisions you've made. Maybe what's happened to you. That regardless of what that looks like, we can hold on to a hope that Jesus, one, yes, has taken on our sins and died for them once and for all, and we are forgiven for those who believe. But it's also this idea of hope for the future, that no matter how, how, how messed up or how difficult our current lives are, it's something to the future we can hold on to. And so hope is the good news we eagerly anticipate. Faith is the way in which we're able to get there. Faith is required right now. In fact, in, uh, in Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The faith is the assurance of things hoped for, certain of what we don't yet see. 
So therefore, we know what's coming. We know the good news that's coming, but we don't necessarily see it right in front of us. And so that's where faith comes in. Faith is the way in which we are able to get to this hope and experience it. Love is how we invite others to do the same. Faith, hope, love. And maybe perhaps, you guys, this is the, at the very core what Peter is trying to communicate. That if we sober our minds, we would more clearly communicate in love. If we sober our minds and we just focus on Scripture and what the Gospel says and what Jesus is calling you and myself to be and to represent Him right now in this world, Maybe, maybe our focus should be on this love and inviting others to experience this same hope. I don't think there's anywhere in the, gospel, in the Bible or the, 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 the whole bigger picture of the gospel where we just, we hold on to that hope and we don't do anything with it. That we can hold on to that hope and watch the people around us suffer through a difficult season. We need all three of these things, faith, hope, and love. And ultimately, we, we hold on to these things, you guys, um, because Jesus himself is our ultimate example. Jesus himself is the ultimate example of hope, faith, and love, and that he gave up everything. Jesus, the Son of God, who was sitting at, at God's right hand, that's the most prestigious place in all of everything. That, oh my goodness, that he gave that up to come down and to engage with, with people like you and myself. Humans on this earth, fallen, sinful, messed up. And he bore our sins. Why? He did that because there was a hope. Not just a hope of dying and resurrecting, but a hope of uniting his creation with himself again. See, there, hope is a bigger picture. Hope is a much bigger picture than where you and I currently are or where Je Jesus currently was in Scripture or even where these Christians are, where Peter's addressing them. Because the hope isn't just in, oh, Jesus died for our sins and now we're good. No, back to verse 13. Set your hope fully on the grace given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. This hope is something that we have in the future. The hope of Jesus making all things new, of righting all the wrongs. So hope is the good news we eagerly anticipate. Faith is the way in which, I'll go back. Faith is the way in which we are able to get there and love is how we invite others to experience this same hope. And so you guys, as we wrap this up, I have one question for you. I have one question for all of us and this is true for any Christian or non-Christian tuning in. My question is, is your hope impaired? Is your hope impaired? Do you have a hard time in this season seeing the good that maybe could potentially come out of it? 
you have a hard time focusing on the good news that Christ offers? Is there no semblance of hope in your life? And in a season where I have nothing but pain and suffering over the last year and a half, I can honestly and confidently say I have no idea how individuals navigate these types of things without any sort of hope. And if that is where you are today, where you are stuck and you don't have hope and you don't know what's coming and it scares you and you're intimidated and all of those things, if that is you, I ask you, would you consider Jesus as a hope? Not just for now, but hope gives us that anticipation for the future that no matter what your life or my life looks like right now, that we have hope that Jesus is going to make all of that new, that this isn't just an idea or a concept, you guys. My hope and prayer is that as Christians, that this is our anthem, our anthem of hope. This should be the loudest. This should be ringing the most clear out of everything that we do. But is your hope impaired? Christians, those who love Jesus and are familiar with passages like we've gone through today, is your hope impaired in this season? Have you been disconnected? Have you been more connected? Or have you been taking in and divulging in what the world has to offer? Indulging in what the world has to give rather than grounding ourselves in a sober mind that Jesus is asking us to? Guys, this is, this is the season. This is the season where we desperately need hope. You and I, we desperately, desperately need hope. In just a moment here, we're going to take communion. And I'm going to ask you, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to reconnect and reground yourself in the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. That in this season of a new sort of busyness, a new sort of confusion, a new sort of lack of direction, that we have all tried to, been, tried to be navigating. Guys, this is difficult. It's hard. And I know that I can communicate from my heart to your heart as you guys know what my last year and a half has looked like and been like. You guys, there is no better time than to hold on to the hope because quite frankly, I don't know how people even, even go through something like COVID without some sort of hope. Let alone other things that may happen. Sufferings and loss and pain and agony. And so as we approach communion, I'm going to ask that you take this moment to ground yourself and to reground yourself back in hope. That you would let go of the distractions and the impaired judgments of the world, but you would cling to this good news of the hope that is Jesus Christ that we found in 1 Peter. And so, we'll take communion together, and I've got this little uh, communion packet here. This is what we'll serve you guys if you come and worship with us live. There's a little, uh, little piece of bread in this top section, and then you peel it off, and there's the juice in the bottom. And so this is a way to be safe and have communion together when we, when we regather. But guys, 
as we take communion today, as we lean into the body and the suffering and the, and the blood that our Savior gave us, not, not just to make our lives better, but to give us hope, to point us toward the future so that we in turn may lead others to that hope as well. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your son, for Jesus dying on the cross. Thank you for the, this very difficult and real challenge to not just find and experience hope now for ourselves, but to be the veins in which we communicate to the world that same hope. God, I pray that you would ground us in this hope, that we would be filled with it, and that we would love on those around us. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have given your life to Jesus, you may take communion together now. given us. We thank you for the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would encourage us today in the next couple weeks. We pray for our regathering attempts that you'd go before us and, and make those happen and bless those in unique ways. I pray for those that won't be able to make it, that they'll still be able to tune in online and we won't have any issues there. God, I pray that in this season that we wouldn't just cling to your hope, but we would make sure that we ourselves are representing this hope to the world. God, thank you for what you've done. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We do. We get excited for next week. We are very hopeful in this season to regather with you guys. And so, again, the plan is right now, next week, 6.30 p.m., Sunday night, to be meeting in person outside. Bring your own chairs. We'll have drive-in options if you'd like to, if you'd prefer to stay in your car. We'll ask you to wear masks and all those things. And we ask you to be patient and, you know, understanding as we all try to navigate this season. And so we, we get very excited and we're hopeful to see what God has for us. So thank you for joining us. If you're able to join us next week live in person, great. If you're still able to join us here, we'll be online again as well. And so we, I just pray my blessing over you today. Just remember that you are prayed for, cared for, and loved today, even remotely, that we are praying for you. And we do. We anticipate and we are hopeful for what God has for you and for us in this season. Thank you for joining in today, and we look forward to seeing you soon.